Hello and welcome to the Fish Out of Water podcast. You're here with me, Matthias, Isaac, and our newest member, Alex. Today, we're going to break down these crazy playoff games. There were four of them. We're going to start with the uh, NFC and finish on the AFC. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah. Sorry we haven't been posting. It's been six months overdue. But uh, after adjusting to college and stuff, I think uh, Matt and I, and now Alex, have found it comfortable now in our schedules to uh, consistently produce podcasts, uh, hopefully for uh, the foreseeable future. Um, This time we're going to be talking about football, but uh, we're also eventually going to be talking about the NBA. Um, So yeah, let's just get started. So I think it's arguable and many people might claim that this weekend might have been the greatest weekend of football in NFL history. Um, it's so incredible that Titans Bengals was a very mid sort of game, uh, considering everything else. So let's start off with the first crazy game in the NFC side with Packers Niners. Wow, what an upset! Aaron Rodgers' future. Um, was on the line here, didn't show up. Special teams didn't show up. Um, yeah, let's let's first talk about let's talk about the Niners' offense and how they match up on the Packers' defense. Um, yeah. All right, Niners' offense. I mean, let's be real; it's non-existent. I think they're <laughs> the first time in divisional history that a team has had zero offensive touchdowns and won a playoff game, especially at Lambeau Field on the road against the one seed. I don't know if that reflects – And Rodgers, man. I don't know if that reflects badly on Rodgers or badly on um, the def- – I mean, well, okay, we got to acknowledge the fact the Packers' defense played as good as they could have played. Like, the first half, that Niners' offense was completely non-existent. Like, they, they couldn't get first downs. They weren't even running the ball effectively. Jimmy G came out in Jimmy G fashion throwing that – terrible pick before the half and even in the second half like the ball wasn't moving and you can blame who you want but this game came down to special teams at the end of the day I think it's unbelievable that that happened though I think Alex said it the best like dude someone always screws it up for Rodgers facts no but I will say bro like I'm obviously like an Aaron Rodgers like I'd say a supporter but like Aaron Rodgers got to play better in that game. Like, no matter what, if you're the best quarterback in the league, as, like, in my opinion, you got to play better that, like, better in that game. And, like, not to say he's been, like, awful, but he hasn't been great in the past two games. He's played the Niners, which is this year in a in, in the divisional round, and two years ago in that um, uh, NFC championship. Like, if you're the best player in the league, no matter how bad your team sells it, like, Rodgers got to pull through in that game. Like, no matter, like, even though he has, like, no weapons, they can't get a run game going. Like, bro, like, they have he has to play better. Although, like, the Packers' defense for once actually, like, somewhat showed up. Yeah. Like, they were actually, like – Oh, yeah, they – Like, I mean, they actually that, showed up. Yeah, not that it's hard to, you know, cover – or, like, not, not, not that it's hard against, you know, Jimmy G. Oh, my God, which will <laughs> – Is it, like – I think Jimmy G right now is – Maybe like twenty fifth on starting nah, quarterbacks. Nah, nah. That, Jimmy D has like 
he has like that it factor and I don't know what it is. It might be a little bit of just being a good leader or being like mature, but Jimmy somehow wins these games and we kind of have to acknowledge that it's just, dude, they, to me, that game was winning in spite of Jimmy, Jimmy G. Maybe. I mean, I think it points to Cal Shanahan's glory, to be honest, like just oh, yeah. being able to make almost no mistakes that whole game and just get a couple lucky plays. But I agree with Alex. I mean, the thing with Rodgers is I just feel like he plays too conservative at times. Like he has this whole thing where it's like yeah. his touchdown to interception ratio is always good. But sometimes like you got to be able to make those throws to end the game, you know, and you got to go to someone other than Devonte. Like I feel like he doesn't trust anyone on the team, which is part of the reason why I think he needs a fresh start, but we can well, save that. For later. Here's my thing though. Like, like Rodgers wasn't good at all. Actually, I would say it was a below average performance by his standards but like we do have to consider who he's throwing to you know like he didn't have mvs so it was what alan lazard and i don't even know the third receiver on the team uh st brown it's uh st brown oh isn't it randall cobb (laughs) randall cobb Um, bro all i all i'm saying is like like, this wouldn't even be an issue if, like, the Packers didn't, like, waste so many draft picks on, yeah. like, yeah. like on, like, freaking Jordan Love. Jordan like, Love. Draft, like, they took Jordan Love instead of, like, who was in that draft? Like, T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Uh, who you else? Like, a Van Jefferson. Uh, Claypool. So, yeah, like, like uh, they traded down and who, I think, who's uh, at 25 where they traded down. That's when Ayuk got picked, too. So, it's, like. They spend a pick on receiver. That would help a lot. And the thing with Rodgers is, like, yeah, like, I agree with Matt saying, like, yeah, he does play conservative, but he kind of had to that game. Because, like, they were all in a – like, if – like, that was, like, honestly, like, he should have played conservative because they were up 10 to 3. It was a defensive game. So, he was – he, like, should have played conservative and not try to lost the game because the Niners were not going to score against that Packers defense. So, I see why they were playing conservative. And – if that special, if that block touchdown doesn't happen, you know the Packers are winning that game. So I get why he was playing conservative. So I don't really bag on him for playing conservative that game. You're 100 percent right. And to add on to that, Rodgers didn't lose the game. Like he's taking the heat for everything, but he didn't lose the game at all. Like that game's won if he if they make a field goal. Yeah. Or if they I wouldn't say goal, I wouldn't say he won. I wouldn't say he won the game either. Like, no, but he didn't lose it. Yeah. No, but yeah. if you're the best quarterback in the league, you gotta, you know, you gotta come through. Exactly. That's just how it is. Back back so he deserves yeah. the front of the blame. So you, you know, know, and that's just know, coming like, from someone who loves Rodgers. You know, going into the year, or I guess like towards the middle of the year, I was pretty set on Rodgers being the best QB in the league. I still now, think he is. I I think that's in question now. You know, like I was pretty certain that he was, but you know, considering what we saw in the playoffs. I think, you know, I just think Mahomes and Allen can do more than he can, you know? I wouldn't – I mean, okay, maybe they can do more, but when you look at Rodgers as a pure arm talent and quarterback, if I were to take a team who just needs a quarterback to win a championship, I'm taking Rodgers over every quarterback in the league. I would too. I just think what he needs is he needs a fresh start. Like, 
I don't know if he'll get one, but like where he's at right now, everything is just chaotic. Like I, I feel like the, with the fans, the coaches, the players, like especially playing in Lambeau too, I think he just needs to move on. So, I mean, if I want to change the subject, what do you guys think is going to happen or what he should do? I mean, I think we talked about this before. Um, it's on your freaking home screen, you homer. Yeah. I do think the best spot for him is probably the Broncos. Um, Let's hear it. You know, in today's league, I think something that's uh, pretty clear now is how important receivers are. You can't win a title with not if you don't have an elite receiving crew in today's league. Obviously, like times have changed, you know. And, you know, when I look at the best receiving core without a quarterback right now, I would say it's probably the Denver Broncos. You know, you got a possession receiver, an excellent route runner, Jerry Judy. Uh, you got a contested catch guy in Two. Cortland Sutton, a deep threat, and um, what's the other guy? Hamler and Tim yeah, Patrick. yeah, KJ Hamler. No offense, uh, first. Tim Patrick is so underrated. Like a little bit off topic, I think he might be better than Cortland even though he doesn't quite get the credit, but sorry, keep going. Cortland was off an ACL though. So. That's true. He got, he started playing better at the end of the year. Cortland Sutton's season before he tore his ACL, Cortland Sutton was on pace to be like a top top receiver. That year he had with a horrendous quarterback room. Yeah. It was like Cortland Sutton was coming up and then he tore his ACL. So, you know, and he missed that whole season. So I still think Cortland Sutton like, could still be like the Broncos number one receiver. Also, give him some time. I think that was Drew Locke too that year. And I think it was Joe Flacco. Oh, no, maybe I think it was Drew Locke though. No, you're right. Uh, Drew Locke. Yeah, there was the torn ACL. So it was the year yeah. before that. So it was the Flacco season. Drew Locke played the last like four games and everyone yeah. went crazy over Drew Locke. I, we don't have to talk about that now. Bro, Drew Locke is horrendous. Like. Oh, he's so bad. <laughs> You don't understand. That's remarkable. You know, Drew Locke, we were seven and six this year. Drew Locke, Teddy goes down. We went 0 and 4 with Drew Locke. Sounds about right. I mean, he's. Yeah. Also, this hype for him because he worked out with Peyton Manning or something. Like, come on, bro. Nah, I I, I, I gave up on him, man. He he hurt me really bad. But also, Denver has Noah Fant, too, who's like a. Like athletic tight end and Javante. Oh, yeah. No offense. Great. You know how yeah. I feel about Javante, too. But what I liked about this fit for Rodgers is that it's kind of similar to what he knows because Judy's one of those route runner type receivers that can parallel Javante as a play style, not yet as a player. And I feel Javante is a power runner like Aaron Jones. So I think Rodgers would actually walk in pretty comfortably, especially if Denver hires uh, Hackett, which it looks like he's the favorite right now. So, yeah. I think – by hiring that guy, the QB coach of the Packers. Um, he's the yeah. offensive coordinator. Oh, he's the OC? I thought he was a QB coach. Yeah, rumor has it if he gets hired, the uh, QB coach, I forgot his name, is going to be the OC. And Hackett would become the head. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that's a clear signal of, you know, Rodgers, we're waiting, you know. Yeah, well, we're also going to see what the Broncos give up, you know. Like, yeah. Is it going to be three first rounders? Is it going to be like, what is it? You know, because Rogers is like a lot of money on the books too. So, so we got we got forty eight million cap space now, which is crazy. Our problem though is um, it's just 
I don't want to give up too many pieces because we have money. So I wouldn't mind giving up all the picks. But also, I'm not sure Green Bay is willing to trade him because LaFleur said this morning that they all want to have him back. And, you know, we all know Rodgers is a diva. So, you know. I mean, with the Broncos, it's like, um, in terms of, like, giving up assets, I don't think Rodgers' market is as big as, like, people think. Like, I think, like, no one really wants a 38-year-old quarterback And, like, someone who, like, not saying, like, he's, like, a problem, but, like, you know, it's a lot to, like, bring in Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's a lot to, like, to bring him to your organization. That's a lot of work. And, like, I don't think the market for him is going to be that big because I see more – I don't see really any other teams, like, making a run at him. So, I don't – I think, like, at most it's going to be, like, two, three first-round picks because I think the only other team that can really, like – make a run at him is probably like i don't know like steelers rounds like the billy Minnesota. maybe like the redskins maybe like these are, i don't see roger hey hey, hey hey it's not don't say that out here bro we're not trying to be conscious okay <laughs> what about the steelers yeah the steelers i've always like, no money though yeah that's the main issue and like also like Rodgers has always played, like, with the great O-line. The Steelers would just not work. And I already know we're going to go in some dumb direction and probably draft, like, Kenny Pickett in the first round, and it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> but I wish we got Rodgers, but I, I just highly doubt it because, yeah. like, we got, we got Tuit up. We have Mika Fitzpatrick up. Of course, Aaron, uh, Big Ben's contract is coming off the books, but we still got, like, pairs of players to pay, yeah. you know. So it's going to be tough. Like, thing well, is, yeah, like – defensively i wouldn't think it's a ridiculous place to go though like i think pittsburgh outside of denver they're probably the second best receiving core without a quarterback right now i agree with that receiving core but i think what we're saying too is the money is the issue because the steelers have to give up guys with contracts so i mean and so they they would physically have to give up players no we'd pretty much have to let minka walk yeah Stuff like that. I mean, we but, gave up a first round pick for him like two years ago. So it's like, yeah. I mean, and give up future draft picks when we have to rebuild half a roster because it's an aging roster and mm-hmm. our O line still needs to get rebuilt. Like, and we wasted a first round pick on a running back last year. Oh my uh, God. Yo, bro, I'm still a on fantasy that, God. Najee Harris was not a good pick. That was, was a, a bad terrible pick, pick, man. It was a terrible pick, bro. Yeah. I can rant. Dude, the running back on Matt's team, Javante Williams, is better than Najee Harris. And that's thank a fact. You, thank and I'm a you. Steelers fan. Thank you. That. This man, Najee yeah, Harris. Yeah, I'm pretty sad on that, too. Flip this. Flip this. Bro, like, dude, Najee Harris, bro, like, I, he's a solid running back. But, like, he's just, he's just not special. Like, when you draft a running back in the first round, he has to be special. This man breaks a lot of tackles, and he's just not explosive. Every time he breaks a tackle, he goes, like, one yard after. Like, he can't create big plays, and, like, yeah, I guess he fits our team, like, the way we played this year, this, like, ground-and-pound offense. But that's not the team, like, you want, to, like, in today's NFL offense. You want to, you want to, like, you want, like, an offense that's explosive, not this, like, dumb offense that we ran this year where, you know, you saw in, the, like, the Chiefs game. You can't score unless he's on defense. Like, it's ridiculous. We always you know? talk about it, but running backs are just, they're a dying breed, and, the only time you should reach for running back is you're getting a generational talent. It's like a center in the NBA. Like 
I just I, I don't think it's smart to ever reach for a running back because they usually have a four year window before they become like Zeke. They just you know, oh yeah Zeke so. or Gurley or something. Wait, wait, wait. This, is, uh, this is an interesting question. So, what do you guys think about Rodgers on the Niners? It's not happening. Like, it's not. would you not like if you're if you're the Packers, right? Or let's say you're the Niners, right? Would you be willing to give up Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Of course, but I don't think the Niners, the Packers would want just Trey Lance. I don't you know, know what, what I mean? their money looks like either, but I know they're a, they're an older roster for sure too. There's just it's just not possible for that to happen because they already gave up all their picks for Trey Lance, yeah. and the Packers would have to love Trey Lance, but they already have Jordan Love, so like it's just oh. there's just no way it like works oh. out. The only thing with that is the Packers have basically publicly admitted that Jordan loves a whiff because of how hard they want Rodgers. The thing is, I want to see how the Niners feel about Trey Lance because if they move Jimmy G this offseason fast, then we know they like him. But if they're, like, skeptical about it, we know that, like, they Trey is, might not be the guy. No, Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's 100% gone. That's because what I'm if you give like three first-round picks, if you give up three first-round picks for Trey Lance, he has to play year two. There's no yeah. way. Like, Jimmy G's gone after this. If they can win the know, Super man. Bowl, if Jimmy G wins the Super about, Bowl, it's also about winning. Years. It's also about winning, bro. And Dude, but we, you remember the Chiefs? That uh, they had Alex Smith the last year with Mahomes, and they were playing good too. But they just brought in Mahomes, or they drafted him anyways, and moved Alex Smith out the window when he was still yeah. playing pretty well. Like if a team likes you and they see you in practice, they'll move you. you know? Yeah, but three first round picks—that is a ransom, and like. You he, Trey Lance is playing next year, like 100%. There's no shot he's not playing. Otherwise, the Niners just sold their whole future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and they don't have then, much room. They're old. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't think the Niners are old. I don't they're not old, old, but they have they have some older players, especially in the defensive end. That yeah, they're struggling in the secondary for sure. But they're but that, just that they're front well is it okay let's talk about the Niners defense that front seven is that the best in football no not for me mm. I'm That's taking tough. two teams over them right now I'm taking right, Tampa right. and I'm taking the Rams you're still taking Tampa I'm still taking Tampa because their front seven is not the problem they just have the most garbage can secondary I've ever seen and Dude. also Todd Bowles needs to stop blitzing when there's we'll talk about this later but game. Man, they couldn't get any pressure on Stafford, you know. True, but that Rams offense was without good. without the starting left tackle too, for the Rams. True, no Whitworth. Actually, yeah. I guess we can just segue into that game if you want. Um, I mean, maybe. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Niners Packers. Um, I mean, for this segment, we mainly talked about. Rogers leaving, I think that's the thing that everyone's really concerned about. Um, but I don't know, like if you're Rogers, like would you not consider staying either? Because you know, you kind of lost to a fluky punt block. I you know I think there's a chance he stays out of like so okay. Well we know is like, Rogers. How good like when you leave a team, like how are you, like who else is gonna be as good as Devontae Adams? 
true. So he said he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. So it's really possible that he felt disrespected and he wanted to throw a fit to get respect. And because Jordan loves not it, we know the Packers are desperate to keep him. So maybe that's what he wants. So he might stay. But at the same time, my, my eye test is telling me he just needs a restart. Like, it's just been so many shortcomings that it doesn't feel right anymore. Like, I don't think he'll ever reach a Super Bowl in Green Bay. I think there's a shot he stays. I actually think there's somewhat of a serious shot because I don't think the market is that big for Aaron Rodgers, although he's the best quarterback in the league because, of, of course, he's 38. You have to take in that contract. And, you know, he's somewhat of a head case. not saying it's a bad thing, but, like, he's somewhat, like, of a problem, I guess. And I saw some. I saw something today that, like, he said he's going to make his decision um, uh, during, like, the time of when the franchise tags go around. And, like, that's pretty big because Devont, if, I'm pretty sure if Devontae Adams gets franchised, which he, I, I think he is, there's a shot Aaron Rodgers comes back for, like, one more season because I don't think the market is that open for him. And there'd just probably be better options maybe next year, you know? So... I, I think there's actually a serious shot that he uh, stays for at least one more year, though. I can see that. The I He has the no-trade clause as well, though. So even though the market may not be big, Rodgers would still have the say on where he goes. So that could play a factor, too. Yeah, and I I just wouldn't go to, like, any other teams besides the Broncos. Like, Philly, Washington, like, I don't see any other team really making that make a run. Like I thought, like the Saints, Loki had like a sneaky shot, but yeah, Sean Payton's out. Sean Payton stepped down. I thought like he would have been a great fit with the Saints because you know you got Michael Thomas coming back, um, Alvin Kamara, good O line. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah. The Saints, Saints are broke, but like they probably could have figured a way out. I mean, see, my instinct is telling me that it's going to be Denver too because. We had 30-something mil in cap space. We didn't spend it for over 12 months, and now it's 48. Like, it just – I mean, you, you could argue to me maybe they're going for a Deshaun or Wilson instead, but it's like you said. I don't think there's a better fit. Like, it just makes sense. But I definitely think there's a real shot he stays. I would say he stays or he goes to Denver. I don't think he's going anywhere else. Yeah. Unless if maybe, like, I could – I don't – What about Tennessee? Think, no. They invested too much in – um, already. There's one team that I think should make a run, but I don't think they will because what they did last year, which is the Colts. And mm. but they spent their first round pick this year on Carson Wentz last year, which I already thought was a wait. I don't think it's move. a first round pick though. I think it's a first round pick if they make the playoffs. And no, it was a first they... round pick if the, if Wentz played eighty percent of the snaps, which he did. So it's a first round pick for the Eagles. From that trade okay yeah otherwise i think colts would have been a great fit i'm with i'm with you i think it'd be a good fit but I, they gotta roll with wentz because wentz wasn't that bad this year they gotta give him at least another year you know just tighten it up let the receivers you know michael Pittman grow jonathan taylor grow because the truth is the colts got screwed by their o-line all five linemen got hurt for the last three games like that's unheard of and yeah, you can't lose the Jaguars. Like, I don't care how bad you are. You can't lose to the Jaguars. To make the playoffs, that was that – You was know, what was there. interesting to me was, like, I didn't think they were shooting themselves in the foot against the Jaguars. I just feel like the Jaguars outplayed them. Yeah, but Wentz was also terrible. Like, he was And that's awful. the thing with Wentz, though. Like, the worst defense in the league. 
Yeah, that's like the thing with Wentz, though. He has these sort of games, you know? Yeah. He has, like, incredible games, and he also just has – I wouldn't even oh. say he has incredible games. No, like, he has incredible plays. Like, he he is – I think maybe five times this year, because I watched a lot of Colts games, he made these, like, ridiculous throws or touchdowns just running off the play action that would, like, seal games or just close out the games. But, but like, I'm not a big one everything. Guy. Like, I don't know if Wentz is worth it, considering yeah. all the mistakes he makes, fumbling issues. And just his overall upside doesn't like if Josh Allen makes a mistake, like we're cool with it, you know. We know what he can bring. But at this point of his career, I just I just don't think Wentz is worth all that trouble. Yeah. Everything else. I see. Yeah. I see Wentz as like this might be this. I see him as like a like a slightly better Sam Darnold. Like, I don't think he's that good, to be honest. Like uh, he, he's much better than Sam Darnold. I would say he's better than Sam Darnold too. Sam okay, Darnold like, is awful. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like, you, you got to realize Wentz, like, he came, he's supposed to be this talented quarterback, but he never makes the throws because the offensive coordinator thinks he's like, you know, going to throw the game. Like, so like, he's supposed to be this like quarterback that throws the ball down the field, but they don't do that. So what ends up happening, they have him as a game manager, but he doesn't fit the type to be a game manager because he makes so many mistakes. So it's like, <laughs> I don't think like, like, like Wentz's talent kind of says like, he's like pretty like solid, but like, I don't think he's all that. Like, like I, I thought it was a terrible. He just doesn't seem like the player play. that can win you Super Bowl, you know? And like, when you think of quarterbacks that win a Super Bowl, you either look for a game manager, you know, the GOAT is a game manager. Or you look at a guy like Mahomes and Allen. You know, okay, Brady's not no game manager, bro. Yeah, let's. let's okay, not okay, play. I'm exaggerating that, but you mean like a smart, high IQ player? IQ, smart, pocket present player. I mean, we we should also acknowledge the fact, though, in today's like NFL, there's the best quarterbacks are all in the playoffs competing. Like the only team you might want to say is the Niners because Jimmy's not all that. But what <laughs> I think. What I think it is is actually the best teams in the playoffs have the best receivers. No, there's well, what I'm saying is there's no team in the playoffs with a bad quarterback unless you want to say the Niners. When you look at the whole playoffs, all the teams with the top QBs made it. It just that's how the game has changed. You need QBs, you need receivers to make these plays. And I don't you, know, man. I, I I think QB. I mean, at the end of the day, like I know Kyle Shanahan is like a once in a generation type of coach Debo Samuel is generational to George Kittle but like I think you can get away with having below average quarterback play you know no 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 I think no, so. absolutely not you must you have can. an elite elite roster if the Niners almost did it play. the Niners almost did it yeah because the roster is absolutely loaded yeah and they Outside might do it secondary, this weekend they have too. like they're elite everywhere but I'd also say that Jimmy is probably a top 15 quarterback so uh, uh, not 50. let's say he's around maybe 20, 20. to 20. Well, let's, let's look at the QBs who made the playoffs. What well, you got Rodgers, Brady, uh, Stafford, uh, Burrow, Burrow, Derek Carr, um, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like, they're they're the QBs you'd expect to be there, yeah. And you know, we yeah. talked, you guys were talking about how great Denver's roster is, but we went seven and ten because our quarterbacks were terrible. It just doesn't matter, yeah. but you all, but like, I don't know. 
I just I, I think you need you don't need elite quarterback play, but you need either you need at least pretty good. Like yes. if you have a pretty good QB play, you need like like a crazy roster like the Niners did two years ago. Bro, like, Jimmy G was not pretty you know? good, man. Yeah, he, he was, was. No, two he years was ago. Average. He was pretty good. He was he was pretty good. He, he, he what? Was pretty, dude, Jimmy G actually like like especially in that Rams game week. What was it? Week eighteen. To send him in the I playoffs. couldn't believe what he I was makes, watching that game, bro. He makes like he makes plays at the end of the games. Like he legit has like you know he at times he can make like pretty like great plays he, at the I end think of the games. Like gamer. you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, I don't know, bro. But Jimmy G, I swear to God, has he can only throw one one ball, and it's just when George Kittle or Debo Samuel just run a post in route. And that's the only route he can throw to. He can't yeah. throw it at the outside or down the sideline. Classic line. play action play. It's all the Colts do. It's just Jonathan Taylor and then a little post slant. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's not as bad as the Steelers offense. The Steelers offense is a short slant and then Najee for two yards. Yeah. Four times. And then Deontay Johnson. And then, and then like, uh, chuck it up to Chase Claypool on the sideline in one every five plays. And then Chase uh, 50, Claypool. 50 shy gets intercepted. <laughs> Yeah. Bro. Anyways, we should move on to the next game because that's okay. A I mean, yeah, yeah. So Niners Packers, we didn't really talk much about the game. We mainly talked about Rodgers and where he's gonna end up, but I think it's safe to say, like all we can really come up with this is like fluky special teams kind of thing, you know. This is a weird game to be honest. Like to me, I thought it was like kind of a weird game. It was really I was bad. not expecting that to happen. No, I don't think I don't anyone know. did. I definitely think the weather played a big factor here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Anyways. Yeah. Now, let's go to the even crazier game. Um, Bucks, Rams. Wow. Well, you know, first thing I want to say about this, I think it's pretty clear who the better team was. From just the first two and a half quarters, I thought the Rams dominated, you know, and at their best, we see how good they can be. You have this elite pass rush, Matt Stafford at his best with these receivers. It's at minimum a top three offense. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, I guess. It's close. It's available. I, it's available. I, I just thought that what the Rams did against the Bucks was probably – I thought they had the most impressive showing as a team this this weekend. Here's what I'll say about the Rams. I noticed it right away against the Cardinals. They are loaded at the pass rush position. Like, that is not fair at all. Vaughn Miller just went 2015 Vaughn. I swear during the Tampa game, he hit Brady every play. He cut his lip. He strip-sacked him. He was wreaking havoc. You have Aaron Donald at the middle, like – if you get in a position like Brady did where you have to throw the ball or throw your way into a game, you can't beat this Rams team. And offensively, we know what they bring with guys like, you know, Cooper Cup, uh, Van Jefferson. Now we have Odell, Stafford. But what I've always said about the Rams is they will lay eggs. They will lay eggs all over the place. And my worry with them is they're going to lay an egg so big that they're not going to come over it. And we watched it in this game. They got to this big lead and you got Cam Akers, fumble. You got Cam Akers, fumble again. You have Stafford, almost fumble. You have the center throwing it over Stafford's head. Like, yeah. 
it was the most unreal thing I've ever seen. And you can't do that against Brady because no matter how much Brady's up against the wall with no linemen and no support, Brady threw him right back in the game. And if it wasn't for Stafford absolutely proving himself, finally, I mean, I'd say Tampa would probably win the overtime. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, the Rams fumbled the ball four times, and they still won the game against Tom Brady. That's why I think it's very impressive. I do think the Rams were pretty impressive, but I saw that last fourth quarter as somewhat concerning. Like, that was a major, major collapse. Like, that would have been, like, one of the biggest collapses in playoffs history if Cooper Cup doesn't – yeah, if Cooper Cup doesn't, like – like, pretty much – it was damn near a blown coverage down the field. Like, like – the amount of things like the the thing is like the Rams just like totally collapsed. Like, I don't know. Like it was like, it was like unbelievable to see. Cause like not to even bring up like the Mike Evans play that was 77 yards. Like Jalen Ramsey, like getting like uh, giving up a 77 yard. Like he didn't bring up that up. Like it was just like mishap after mishap after mishap. How how often my question is like, all these things are happening against the Rams. Literally the worst case scenarios, you know. They always do this, though. That's what I've always yeah. said about the Rams. It's, there's, I can't explain it. But, I mean, Alex hit it on the head. That's just – it's concerning. And I think you should be concerned as a Rams fan. But do you really um, think that kind of collapse will happen again? No, but yeah. – And the thing is, we did it against the Bucks, and we still pulled it off. The Rams okay. still pull it off. That's what my point is. I'm going to defend the Bucs a little bit. We got to acknowledge the fact that, yes, they're missing two of their most important linemen in uh, Wirfs and Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen was in the game, man. Yeah, but he was uh, limited in snaps, and he clearly wasn't in his full self, at least. But anyways, Brady was dealing with that. He had no receivers, um, as we talked about. I think right. there were two receivers who didn't play, A.B. and Godwin, so four total. Um, yeah. And then – and Rashad Perriman, too, wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that to me was just Brady just goading. Like, that was that was a full display of just what he does. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't. To be fair, he was missing throws. Like I don't think – I don't think – I wouldn't – I don't think it's Brady who got them in the game, to be honest. Well, it's the Rams. But capitalizing on mistakes is important. But I'm, I want to rant about this guy named Todd Bowles. People love him as a defensive coordinator. We all know he loves the blitz, but I, I don't care how much you love a blitz. I don't understand how with 40 seconds left, Cooper Cup gets a 20-yard catch on the sideline. You don't even keep him in bounds. Then you come up with no timeouts, and you blitz. You rush five and a half, kind of, and you leave the safety single high by himself with Cooper Cup. And the safety bites, too, like he wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. I don't understand why you blitz there. Because oh, even that's... if you contain, worst-case scenario, it's a 55-yard field goal. Like, instead, yeah. you let him get to the 10. Like, I just don't understand the play call. And nobody in the media, everyone's defending him for it. But that was terrible. Like, no, I just don't yeah. understand. I don't care how much you love the blitz. I would never put that – I would never put that stress on my terrible secondary. Yeah. I mean, I really can't – I don't know what he was thinking. You know, like I mean, to be fair, if you lose, you want to lose like the way you like the like the defensive way you've always played. You know what I mean? Like that's how it he, sounds like ego, know. though. Yeah, also, I, like, I, it does. 
like in hindsight, like, yeah, he probably sh- should have not played so aggressive, but like, that's how he always been. And that's how he, he he's won before, you know, like he won basically this, like he won last year's Super Bowl playing that way, like all throughout, you know, the postseason last year. So it's like, I kind of get why I did it, but is it probably the best to play that aggressive in that situation? Probably not. But I also like, like also, like I think he had a mindset where like, since the Rams already like had so many mishaps, can he create another turnover so they can possibly have a chance to win the game, which is why he played so aggressive. Because also you got to realize Matt Gay missed like was like short on a 47 yard field. Goal. Yeah. The Rams would have to go all the way down to probably like the 25 yard line too. to even hit a field goal. So like, I understand why Bulls was thinking that maybe we can grade a turnover because they turned it over like three times in the fourth quarter. And the kicker has a small leg. So the Rams would have to drive all the way down to like the 25. So like, I kind of get why Bulls went that aggressive. Uh, but you know? even like at the blitz, it wasn't the right type of blitz because whoever the corner who was guarding Cooper cup ended up blitzing. And that resulted in a one-on-one with Cooper cup in a safety. You know, what's interesting about that play too, is that Cooper cup wasn't actually supposed to get the ball. It's, it was one of those weird plays. I forget what they call it where you send your receiver deep just to basically draw the safety. And then you do two out routes on the right. So that was the play. Cooper cup was just a decoy, but they just botched it in Stafford. I give him all the credit for noticing got him alone on a safety. Like, you just can't let that happen. Like, yeah, I just, that was, that, I, don't, I really don't know what he was thinking there. Just play, play back at least. And like Alex was saying, if he's kicking short, make him kick another long field goal. But I, I will concede that Todd Bowles is Todd Bowles and he will always blitz and do that, which I think Alex is right about. It's just who he is. Yeah, but, you know, I – I don't know, man. Like when it comes to playoff football and you have to consider matchups, you know, Matt Stafford, I think there's a stat out there graded number one against the blitz. That's when you got to adjust, you know, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, I will say, I really like this Rams team. I, I got them going all the way this year. I just, I think they're complete. It's just yeah, amazing. let's segue into this. Let's talk about Rams Niners uh, this Sunday. Who we got? Who do we think is going to win? And currently, I think the Rams are favored by three and a half. So I'll say the Rams are a better team. They should win this game on both sides of the football. But it's a terrible matchup on paper because what the Niners do best is run the ball kill the clock, don't turn the ball over, play good defense. And that's exactly the type of formula you need to play against the Rams. Not only that, the Niners don't make mistakes. That's something a well-coached team does. They don't really make mistakes. Jimmy G might here and there, but they don't really make mistakes. My concern with the Rams is I think they'll win this game, but they can't make mistakes. And it's really going to come down to McVay because McVay is 0-6 against Kyle Shanahan. Like, he cannot beat this guy for his life. And it's – I talked about the Rams laying eggs. Yeah. I would not be surprised they lay an egg in this game, just like similar to a special teams play like the Packers did, and the Niners snake through them. Uh, yeah. It could happen, but as a betting man, I I think the Rams will win this one. Yeah, I do too. I think the Rams are going to win this. But, again, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners won this 
thing because like Shannon has beaten McVay with like CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins before. So like, like it's like the Niners have had the Rams number for a while. Um, if Jimmy G can make timely throws, like uh, great th- great plays in like certain like in certain instances, the Niners have a real shot because if their defense play like the way they did last week, they can like they can like hold this Rams team to like you know maybe under 20, 25 points. So I think there's a uh, there's a serious shot the Niners can win this, especially considering like the Niners damn near have home field advantage in this game because like. This Niners fans are going to buy out pretty much SoFi Stadium. So I heard that yeah. SoFi is um, giving priority to LA locals, though. Yeah. So they're trying no, to. Restart. No, no, no. They they uplifted that. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. okay. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be sold out Niners. Yeah. It's going to be all red. So I will say I've been to a Rams game. Uh, Rams fan base isn't quite that passionate. It's yeah. not Chargers level, but not the same. Yeah, man, LA is always going to be a basketball town. Also, but, I will say, I think this game is going to reflect uh, really big on McVay's legacy. I think this is the biggest game of McVay's career because if he loses this again to Kyle Shanahan and he goes zero and seven, I yeah. just that's bad. Like that's really bad. This one, McVay's got to drop his best plays, his best game plan. Yeah, this this is going to be this is going to reflect mostly on him. Yeah, I mean. I think the thing, the reason why the Niners always beat the Rams is because it's a mismatch, you know. The way the Rams play defense, they're preparing for QBs who want to throw. I think that's why they matched up so well against the Bucs because, you know, I do think Tom Brady and uh, Bruce Arians, they really want to throw the ball, you know. Um, This kind of defense is designed for more drop back, throw the ball stuff, let Aaron Donald get to you, let Von Miller get to you, let him Floyd, whatever. But, you know, the Niners aren't going to do that. And it's pretty clear when you do have a run game, you can run on the Rams, you know, especially if your line and everyone blocking is like the Rams D line is small. You know, they beat you with speed. They don't really beat you with strength. Well, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is, you know, he, he's a defensive tackle that's 285. You know, Vita Vea plays the same position. He's 350. But, yeah, Vaughn's speed off the line, like, he makes uh, Leonard Floyd look, uh, what's the word, slow. Like, Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's Vaughn Miller. Yeah. First ballot Hall of Fame Vaughn Miller. So, it's like, yeah. what do you And he's getting single coverage now. I don't know if you noticed, but at the end of the Tampa game, they started chipping him. Uh, Gronk had to go out every play and just shove Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that with Kyle Shanahan too, right off the, the Yeah. Game. I mean, you know, the the only way I see the Rams winning this game is stopping the run. You know, when you turn Jimmy G into a drop back quarterback, that's when the 49ers start collapsing, you know. And yeah, obviously, like, I think that's pretty obvious, but you know, I think the game plan for this week for the Rams just has to be stop the run. Yeah, but they also need a great game out of Stafford. Like they do. Oh yeah. No mistake. I think Stafford will have a good game as long as the O line is was as good as last week's. You know, and I do think it's it's not unreasonable, considering they played pretty well against that Tampa D line. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we also got to understand, like, the run game will be better this week because, you know, the Buccaneers run defense is ridiculous. And you just can't run you, – you can't run the ball against the Buccaneers. So, you know, the run game will obviously help Stafford out. At least I hope this game. So, I think should, as long as Stafford, Stafford gets pass protection, like, I think they'll be fine. Receivers will get open. They, I don't – is Josh Norman still on the team? Is that their best corner right now? Like, they don't really it's have anyone. Like, they will have yeah, a shot. It's not a big deal. Yeah. As long as the pass protection is there. It's really – I think it's going to go down to the D-line, you know, and O-line for both teams. Always does. Um, I, if I'm a coach, I'm writing no mistakes across the board. I think that's the key to this game. It's going to come down to the Rams laying eggs, like, when it gets to that third and fourth quarter. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I got the Niners winning, actually. And, Bro, what? Yeah. I mean, it's just a mismatch. And – you know, the Rams' talent just doesn't affect the Niners as much as it does other teams. Um, yeah. I, from the Rams I mean, I watched week 18, you know, and I'm a Rams fan. I'm saying this, but we were up 17-0, and the pass rush really started to get to us, and we couldn't really stop the run at all. And they're just going to keep running, you know. Even if they're down 17-0, they keep running the ball. You know, they're not dropping back. I am concerned about the Niners' health, though, because Debo and Kittle went out of the game and they, they looked a little bit banged up, per se, because Debo is really pushing through it. So that's a big factor. Yeah, that's a big factor, too. I, I'm just assuming Debo and Kittle will be fine. But, you know, if Debo and Kittle aren't the same, then obviously that changes things. Yeah. All right, so final say, who we got winning the game? I'll go 49ers, 24-17. I'll go Rams 27-24-ish. I got Rams 23-20 over the Niners. All close games? Damn. Yeah. I, I think we all know it's going to be close. It's just – I think Matt said it the best mistakes. Eggs. And eggs, yeah. Okay. It just seems like it's got to be the Rams here, though, in my opinion, though. It has what to you think? be. They, they pretty much – Gave up all their draft picks, gave up everything. Yeah, just for just to win it these this year and probably next year. Like this is like a two year window for the Rams. No, no, one year window. I think they got one more year next year. On if, on and Odell on they're on one years, and then when this man comes to Denver, like everyone's gonna start rebuilding because there's no point. So you basically got one year. This is it. I, I do think the Rams' best chances now for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, true. Who you gotta beat, like? The Bengals and the Niners? Come on. I'm not, uh, not going to say the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Chiefs now. Let's go to the AFC. Oh, Chiefs, my Bills. second least favorite sports franchise of all time. Chiefs, Bills, what a game. I think this was probably the greatest divisional game in NFL history. Um, I can't get over it. Wow. We thought, you know. Niners Packers was crazy. Then it was Rams Bucks, and then we ended the weekend with Chiefs Bills. And my first thing with this, it's it for the most part, it was Mahomes versus Allen. You know, I feel like most of the time, like media members often make the football team just basically 
this QB versus QB. But in this case, I think it's pretty accurate. It was a Mahomes versus Allen sort of game, you know, and it was just who can make the big plays. You know, Tyreek ran for a 64-yarder um, in the last minute of the game, you know. Um, Travis Kelsey had that huge reception to set up the field goal to win the game or, or to tie the game. Sorry. Yeah, the, the posts. Yeah, when there's 13 seconds left. But man, that that was that was a game there, and yeah. I mean, what's there to say? This is what the NFL wants. Like, I really believe that this is what we just witnessed is like the true next generation of quarterbacks. You can talk about like Herbert or Burrow if you want, but these two guys are transcendent challenge like talents, and this is what the NFL wanted. They made the rules so offensive base that like it's hard to play defense and you know we there's always been times when we've had revolutionary quarterbacks coming up you know you had Peyton and uh was it Peyton and Brady and even before that you had Elway Favre where they started to get more athletic and then now we have this and we really saw that showcase what was it uh I think it was 188 yards by Mahomes inside of two minutes uh four touchdowns it was there was no defense unbelievable nothing you could have saw what we witnessed was like pure greatness it was really heartbreaking for the bills especially with the overtime rule we'll see how you guys feel about that but i guess my key takeaway is josh allen and mahomes are going to be around for a while and bills mafia keep your head up high you'll be there again yeah will they though the bills really need to improve their roster though at least for receiver. I think, like, now there's so many top elite quarterbacks in the court, like, quarterbacks, you know, in the AFC that, like, it's going to be it's going to be tough to have, like, these chances. Like, this was, like, like, I felt like if the Bills won this game, there was a pretty good – like, if they just shut the Chiefs down for 13 seconds, I think there's a good shot that the Bills could have won the Super Bowl. Definitely. And yeah, no, chances no, like no. this don't show up that many times especially in a conference where there's so many upcoming quarterbacks like like next year when like the chargers possibly rogers in the afc like you know there's just like not many chances and like i like like when the bills went up three i thought it was like yeah the bills are here but you saw it like you just can't you just can't sell the game like that like 13 seconds bro you're gonna let travis kelsey go down the field and get them in field range like come on man like, it was that was terrible coverage. Even the that was the Tyreek route too. It was the yeah, exact play. Yeah, yeah. it's the same post route. Thirteen seconds. Like that's just. I just that that defense was demoralized. Like uh, we watched it. I don't know if the first drive. I think Mahomes had fifty yards rushing. Like yeah. it, it wasn't designed. He was just they couldn't get him down the whole game. Like that was just an absolute yeah. clinic by Mahomes. But at the same time, you know, defense are built around game plans. And Mahomes and Allen always breaks them, you know. Yeah. So, you know, the defense did suck for both teams. But it's always expected. It was kind yeah, of expected. That's those, the thing. With that quarterback play, it's expected, you know. They're not, they're not going against, like, immobile big bang, so. Exactly. Exactly. Also, I do think the Bills receiving core is actually pretty solid. 
even though I think you did diss it earlier. I think Stefan, uh, was it Gabriel Davis with the yeah. I mean, four dude, touchdowns? No, like Gabriel Davis is no scrub, you know. He's a also, solid two, you know. But the thing is, I don't think that's good enough. When you no, it is. When you Definitely. see, when you see the type of receiver receiving core there is in the AFC right now, it's just not enough to me. No. Come on, bro. Are you Sanders Gabriel Davis, dude. That's more than enough. Yeah. No, that's not four. more than enough. They have four. We're talking about a, like let's see the Bengals receivers. That's probably that's definitely better than the Bills receiving core. Bro, no, the I take the Bills, dude. The Bills no. receiving core. It, it goes. They go. They're they're close. Like they also got Cole Beasley in the slot and yeah, and Sanders I mean, too and Emmanuel Sanders. Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, is a top five receiver in the league. And no, I. I I, I think the receiving course is more than enough. I, I just totally disagree with that. Yeah. The no, 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 no. They, like, when on, you bro. see the receivers that are the receiving cores in the NFL right now, I just think Josh Allen needs more. That, Dude, that's, a, that's like a top seven or eight receiving core in the league. Definitely, bro. without a doubt. Because you got like, – No, bro. You're looking at Diggs at the one, Gabriel Davis, who completely just proved himself, so we don't talk about him. And I, then you got Sanders and My Cole. thing with Davis, Cole though – Davis is one of the best slot receivers in the league. Yeah. It's extremely competent. And who's their tight end? Dawson Knox is solid. Yeah, that's five guys who you can trust. No, man. Like, you see the Bengals receivers. She's the Chargers receivers. I'm taking the Bills over the Chargers receivers. Are we serious? Yeah, definitely. No. Probably the – I'll take them over the Chargers and probably Cincinnati as well right now. It's close with Cincinnati, but, like – No. The Chargers receivers are not better than the Bills. They're – no, they are. Oh, they have not even close. They're just big yes. guys. Like they have like four big guys. There's no versatility. No, there is not versatility. Yet. Keenan Allen is as versatile as it gets, bro. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, but then you go, you go, Mike, uh, Mike Williams, Jordan Palmer. Who's the okay? Uh, Mike Williams, your contested catch guy, and right? Guyton. Guyton's a. They have All the same players, players, bro. No, no, no. Okay, I think Keenan Allen is a special, special receiver. No, he's not special. He's like a that, pretty good one, but he I would say Steph- he's not like a Stefan. He's Diggs not Stefan Diggs. Jamar Chase level. I don't know, man. I, I do think Diggs is slightly overrated. I don't. I think he's one of the. I think he's one of the most elite route runners in the league. He's probably one of the best separators in the league. So I think Diggs is in that top five conversation. And I like. I think he's easily better than Keenan Allen. Same. And I would say he's better than Keenan Allen, but I don't know. I, I don't think – I don't know. I, I just don't see Diggs as big of a game changer as Tyreek, you know? Well, uh, well, well all, all, with receivers, it's also hard to argue because you also got to consider what type of offenses and what – because, like, what type of offenses, like offenses, like what you ask them to do because, like – like some receivers just like wouldn't fit on certain teams. Like if you threw Cooper Cup, like like on on like let's say the Titans and had him play outside, there's he probably wouldn't even be a top fifteen receiver. So it's also like it's also dependent on like what type of offense and what you have them, like what routes you have them running. I'm just saying if you put Stephon Diggs on any team, he'll get open on any team and he'll work on any offense. And that's mainly because that one down he's one here. of the best separators in the league. Yeah, 
I'm not arguing that he's not one of the best in the league. I'm just saying, I just, I don't know. I just don't see him as much of a game changer as the top three, you know, or maybe top. Like if I could think of four receivers potentially better than Stephon Diggs right now, you know, that I just feel our tier above. It. I think the only argument is probably Adams and Hill. No Debo. No, no shot. No really? Shot. No shot. Yeah, it's hard because like we also have to acknowledge that like Diggs was getting extreme double coverage the whole year, so a lot of the younger players weren't. So it's a little bit hard to like. I mean, I'm not really talking. I'm just talking about their their game more than their production, you know? Yeah. Well, then, yeah, I'd say right now it's definitely Stefan over Debo. Yeah, Debo Debo is a great fit for the Niners, but he would – he I, you, I don't think he would be as dominant if you just put him on, like, any other offense like that. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be productive, fair. but he, he'd be productive. But I would just say he wouldn't – he really fits that Niners offense. So, you know. That's fair. But I don't know, like, I understand there's a there's a, a factor of fit because obviously I don't think Devo's strength is catching it on the outside or anything like that, contested catch. But, you know, considering what Debo can do um, after the catch and just as a running back, basically, I just think what he brings to the table is just more than what Stephon Diggs can. You know, I mean, I think we got to go with what Alex says on that, though, because scheme like your offensive scheme really matters when it comes to someone like Debo, because like it's kind of hard to compare it from. I that. mean, it's not like he's a horrible route runner either. It's not he's not like Cordero Patterson. No, know? but like how he I don't want to say he's a product of Kyle Shanahan, but he also kind of is because he's the perfect player for Kyle Shanahan. Like, like Debo played running back at the end of the game. Like he just took it out of the backfield. It wasn't like a jet sweep or anything. It was a direct snap. Like, yeah, and I just, you know, I don't know if Stefan Diggs. I mean, you know, Debo is specialized in that sort of role. But don't like just giving the ball off to someone like that on third and seven, getting the first down. That's game changing, you know. It is, but on like we're just going off who's the top pure receivers in the league I don't think Debo's quite there because he's just not you can't just line about you just can't he just wouldn't work on every team in the league not saying he you should or like that makes you a top receiver but I don't know it's just hard to explain like he's elite at his role in a sense but I don't know it's just tough it's just tough to it's tough to judge receivers because of a lot of things play in the factor, like your QB play, your offensive scheme, and yeah, you know, opportunity, stuff like that. So it's just hard to judge. But I, I still think Diggs is in that top receiver, and, like, the Bills have a really good receiving core. Definitely like, good enough to win a championship. So Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. All right. You want to move on to the last game? Yeah. Let's talk about – the one that honestly no one watched, Bengals Titans. <laughs> I think I feel like this game really showed the devalue of the running back. Personally, uh, it's debatable. I mean, 
you know, I, Derrick Henry is coming off a fractured. Like I think he fractured his foot or something. Derrick Henry was a non-factor in the game. Like he didn't get enough touches, and he just he didn't look healthy. Yeah, but him being there opened up. Like the Bengals defense had to like you know prepare for Derrick Henry, and you know it helped Tannehill, even though Tannehill was still garbage. Like it still helped having Derrick Henry out there because he was you know drawing a lot of attention. So you know. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I just. I just didn't think Derrick Henry, like you said earlier, uh, I think Matt said earlier, he wasn't really a, much of a factor, you know. Um, and we saw his backup. I forgot his name. He looks like him though, low key. Blow up. He he exploded for like a fifty yard game, you know. Yeah, Foreman. Yeah. Dante Foreman. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I think it's an example of. You know, a strong running game isn't necessarily about how good your running back is. It's just scheme, O-line, um, and just, yeah, everyone blocking. I mean, to, to an extent. I mean, I, th- I, I think it's possible. Like, I think it's possible still. I mean, with, like, uh, what was it, two years ago with the Titans? Or was it last year? Uh, um, when they went to the – you- no, it was two years ago. I think it's two years. When they went to the AFC championship with uh, Derrick Henry leading the way, like it's possible. Because I remember they lost to um, Brady and Belichick in the AFC championship. That was the year. No, no, no. They beat beat the Patriots. I thought they lost to the Chiefs. They lost. Oh, they they lost. They lost. They beat. Yeah, I meant. Yeah, I meant that. They beat the Patriots. That's what I meant. They beat the Patriots in Brady's last year. In uh, New yeah, England, yeah. I'm tripping. They beat I'm tripping. Baltimore, I think. Yeah. So, like, I do think yeah. it's possible. With, but, like, it, it just takes a lot for that to happen. If you want to, like, win. And, like, to be honest, like, Derrick Henry is, like, special. Like, the chance you find, like, a Derrick Henry is, like, no. almost never. So, I do think it's possible, but it's with, like, a few running backs. Like, it's got to be, like, a Derrick Henry type where, like, you know. He's really actually carrying your offense. It's just the running game. Isaac, you hit it on the head. The running game in today's NFL is just not what it used to be. It used to be all about running backs with decent receivers. Now it's elite receivers with running backs. And when the rookie contract's over, dump them. I think another example of that is the Chiefs. You know, they spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They, you know, he got hurt. They picked up a guy named, what's his name, Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, yeah. It's for free, and he's going to argue that he's better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, yeah, but that's a different situation. I'm just saying, like, you can build your team. That's a runoff. Like, you can build your team with a Derrick Henry, and it can be like I think a Super Bowl contender if you build around defense, get good QB play, and have an elite defense. It's possible. It. I think it's possible. There's a formula for it. It's yeah, but it's just but it's much more difficult. You yeah. got to find a transcendent running back. And when you have that running back, you need a game manager QB and a, like a top 10 defense. And like, I guess the Panthers tried doing it with C-Mac. The Colts are trying to do it with Jonathan Taylor. Let me think. You have uh, the Rams with Gurley when Gurley was elite and you had Goff just managing. You know, they went to a Super Bowl. Uh, you got and the like Titans. with the Seahawks. 
like years, years ago when Russell Wilson was a rookie, that is like the prototypical way how you win it with Marshawn, the Legion of Boom, and Russell Wilson, who wasn't elite back then because it was his rookie year. And it's possible. I'm just saying it's just you need to draft well. You need to do everything well. And you probably need a quarterback on a rookie contract that is a good game manager. Yeah. And the thinking, too, is that um, a team like that supposedly matches up well against the throwing teams because, you know, you keep them off the field. But what all those teams had in common was a transcendent running back. This isn't just any running back. We said Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Marshawn, C-Mac, Prime Gurley, even Prime Zeke when Dak was young. It's you got to have that guy if you're going to go that way. Yeah, yeah. And the, 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 the shelf life for that formula is not that long either because these running backs burn out in two, three, four years, and then you got to pay them. And then do you want to pay a running back, an aging running back, that contract? That's a tough decision. Yeah, no, for sure. And also, I thought this, this game exposed Ryan Tannehill, man. He, he looked awful for the most part. They lost the game because he had three interceptions. That's the only way you can look at it. At the end of the game, uh, I thought they were going to get in field goal range and pull it out through a pick. You, yeah. you say it's not his fault. I would have thrown the ball lower. Not that I could, but <laughs> I would have thrown the ball lower. Yeah. Uh, still. The still only pick that I would sort of give him a pass on is the, the Mike Hilton one when he read the screen. That was more of an amazing defensive play. But, man, like, dude, when you have A.J. Brown and Julio, that kind of receiving core, and you put up 16 points against the Bengals. And, like, the Bengals aren't, like, a scrub defense. Like, they're not bad on defense. Top four against the run. Yeah, but, man, you got to do better than that, you know. And you know what? Joe Burrow has been phenomenal. He's playing like an underdog. Yeah, let's Uh, talk about the Bengals now. Man. No O-line and Burrow's getting it done. He's incredible. Better than Justin Herbert, in my opinion. That's debatable. It's close. It's close. It's debatable. It's close, but I'm giving it to Burrow. I also am biased against the Chargers. Man, Burrow is a special, special player. No doubt about it. And I think people... Like, when he got hurt last year, like, people were saying that Herbert was better. I think, you know, people, like, really forgot how good Joe Burrow is, especially because of how trash the team was last year. Um, But, wow, just by drafting a guy like Jamar Chase, the team is just turned around, you know. And, obviously, they got, like, Trey Hendrickson to help their pass rush. I'm actually surprised by that. I thought Hendrickson had a fluky year last year, but – Turned out to be great. Yeah, he's been great. Um, I don't know. I think the Bengals, they're going to start. It's looking rough for the AFC North, especially my Steelers. Like, this Bengals team is just going to get better. It's really young. And, like, the crazy thing is, Burroughs, this is Burroughs' first year off an ACL tear, and he's already doing this. It's like, you know. Without an O-line. Yeah, like, what's going to happen in, like, two years when the O-line's better? He's more healthy, you know. Chase and Higgins are going to get better, of course. You know, it's going to be scary. And the Bengals are going to be a perennial 
contender every year as long as Burrow's healthy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Wait, would you would you want to tank the season, Alex? For the if you're a Steeler, if you're the Steelers. I mean, not necessarily tank. I mean, ideally, I don't want to draft a quarterback this year and draft a quarterback next year when there's a bunch of quarterback talent like Bryce Young, CJ Shroud. Like, I would much rather draft a quarterback next year down the line, but I don't think we're going to do that. Um, the Steelers are just in a weird spot. Like, so, there's just a lot of things we got to rebuild, and yeah. we need that quarterback. I mean, I don't I'm not I'm not too worried because like I, I I don't think I think the Browns and the Ravens have like serious issues too. But in terms of like contending, the Steelers are probably not doing jack until we ever find a solid quarterback, which you might take a while. You don't think the Steelers will make a run in free agency at like a Wilson or Deshaun or maybe even like like a Jimmy G or something? Because honestly, if you got a QB like Jimmy G, I could see the Steelers making a run next year. No, I, no, I, I think I don't think we'd do anything with Jimmy G. And yeah. I don't think the I don't think the Steelers would go after like a Wilson or Rogers because that's just they've never done that before. They've always you know drafted and developed the quarterback, and mm-hmm. that's a we still have to rebuild the roster and to give up what multiple first round picks i i would personally do that but i don't think we're going to do that but you know yeah i think yeah, i don't know if tom would want to go that way yeah, yeah man he's only known for his never losing career whatever record wise uh losing record yeah no i'm just playing legendary coach but um yeah, I think we can say that the Bengals are up and coming. You know, carried by, I mean, mostly carried by, I won't say the defense is trash, but mostly carried by Burrow and the offense. Um, the defense is definitely competent. Yeah, yeah, no question. But, you know, they wouldn't be where they are without the offense, you know? All right. Let's get to the uh, NFC, NFC, AFC. AFC. Um, yeah, I mean, without hesitation, I'm just going to take the Chiefs. Everything that the Chiefs do, I just think they do better than the Bengals. Or everything that the Bengals do, I just feel that the Chiefs do better. Um, like I said before, they're up and coming. Jamar Chase is a special, special player. T. Higgins is also a great player. Um, you know, we know Joe Burrow. We know this offense and what they're capable of, but, you know, at the end of the day, I just, I really can't see Patrick Mahomes getting outplayed right now. I buy current Joe Burrow as great as he is. I'm taking the chiefs and I don't know what the spread is, but I'll probably take them to cover too. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough for the Bengals to win this. The chiefs been there the past two years, three years, actually. Um, they know they know the deal. This it's pretty much everyone on the Bengals' first time. It's gonna to be tough to beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. And it's your first time. Uh, I on top I mean, of that, like the Chiefs pass rush is 
not it's not bad, you know. And yeah. Considering right. the Bengals O line, I just I think Burrow's gonna have a rough day sack wise too. Yeah, I, he's gonna have to hold the ball a lot. Listen, I think it's a blowout. Uh, I don't think it's close at all. It's like you said, everything the Bengals are, the Chiefs do better. Um, I also do think the Bengals are a little bit fraudulent. Um, going past That's the fair. Raiders, the Raiders had to play the Chargers in that crazy game, and they had to go um, on the road. Like, and then hey, I'm telling play. you though, if the Chargers got in instead of the Raiders, I think the Chargers would be here right now. All right, stop that funny business. Herbert played seven yeah. games, and they make the playoffs. Like you're telling me, I'm they're like more than capable of beating the Bengals, and then you're telling me that they can't beat the Titans, bro. No, no, there's a shot the Chargers could be here. There's a shot. There's a shot, but the Chargers are like honestly, I think they're the biggest chokers in the league, especially this <laughs> season, because they just lay eggs all the time. Like I made fun of the Rams, but like, but none of it's on lay Herbert, eggs. Though. They just Herbert didn't lay any this. eggs. They're too aggressive with the fourth down hey, uh, crap. You know, they should have beat the Chiefs on them. when was when they played the Chiefs. They should have won. You know, and they just shot themselves in the foot by not oh, knows, It's not Herbert's fault. None of it's Herbert's fault. No, it, it definitely – that's what I'm saying. If you look at the Chargers, to have an elite Q quarterback – I'm calling him elite – play 17 games and miss the playoffs, you literally cannot have that happen. So, I'm blaming Staley for all of this. Um, I know he's – Also, that defense is very, like, questionable. Yes. With that kind of talent, it should be a lot better. And we do got to talk about, you know, when Denver was healthy – you know, Herbert, two interceptions, 200 yards, terrible game. Yeah. But that's just – and there was what else? It was the Texans game. There was a few yeah. other. I just – I don't – I could never see a scenario in which the Chargers would string together four playoff games in a row where they didn't have a, a blown game. Yeah, they could grow for sure. But anyways, I, I just – yeah, I think it's a blowout. I don't think the Bengals have a chance – I, I, I won't say I won't say blowout. I, I don't think the Chargers are. I mean, uh, the Chiefs are so ahead of the Bengals to uh, to the point where it's like not even a yeah. competition. I, I actually think it's not even a competition. Like I'd even go that far. I think it's going to be ugly. I, I, I don't think, think so. I think it'll be a one score game for the most part. I think Bro needs a special game, like to keep him in the game. Like Bro needs to be special. Like we need like an all-time performance for it to be, you know, competitive at the end, at least, you know. But you're I mean, telling, like, you you were talking about how young the team is. You're sending that team who's never been here into Arrowhead against a team who's done it going to be the third year in a row. Four. Yeah, it's tough, but Bur- there's something about Burrow, bro. Like, no, Burrow just, has that it factor, man. Yeah. It's like, like, it's not something you can't really prove, but – it's his. I guess it's just the way he carries himself. Like he's like, I don't know. Back. His confidence, his leadership. I think he sees himself as the. Like he sees his team and himself as the team that should win. You know, and that's rare to find. You know, I'd say the only thing the Bengals have going for them is they have nothing to lose, and that's why they're here. They went against the Titans. No one thought they'd win, and Burrow said it. He's like, yeah. he just had this flag. So I mean, they're gonna walk into Arrowhead with nothing to lose. So. I guess if Burrow has a special game, like Alex said, with that mentality, they might be in it, but I don't think they can do it within 10. I, I, I think they will. And by the way, the the Chiefs are 7.5 favorites. Um, I I would actually not. I would, I would bank on the Bengals, actually, to be honest. I think they're, it's going to be a close game. 
semi-close. I just think, you know, we see how good the Chiefs can be, like, against the Bills in the Bills game. Tyreek just ran for a 64-yard touchdown, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, but, like, also, like, the Chiefs this year have, like, in a lot of games, they've started slow. So, if, like, one of those – if they have one of those slow starts again, like, even against the Steelers, they started off slow. So, if they have one of those like, no, slow I'm not going to lie. When I, when I watch that get game, ahead. when I watch that game, bro, I, I actually – I thought the Steelers had a chance when TJ Watt scored. Uh, I was – I was, like – it from went from like zero percent chance to like five percent chance. <laughs> like, Big Ben's bro. interview was the best. He's like, "Yeah, we probably shouldn't even play. It's no point." Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hear the final score prediction. Um, I'll go. I I think this is gonna be really high scoring. I'll go thirty six thirty Chiefs. I'll go, um, thirty twenty. Chiefs. Sounds good. I'll go. I'll go thirty-one seventeen. Chiefs. Damn, that's tough. <laughs> well, I think uh, you know today we went over the divisional round and uh, we gave our predictions for the conference championships coming up next week. Um, yeah, and uh, we hope to continue doing these podcasts um, every Wednesday at five. I keep uploading them. Um, like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, for now, we'll be talking about football because of um, it being football season. But eventually, we'll also be talking about the NBA and where it's heading right now. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. And thank you guys for listening. Um, and we brought in a new get, new uh, new co-host, Alex. Um, so, yeah, expect him to expect him to be here. Um, and yeah, um, thanks for listening and, uh, we hope you had fun.